it's beautiful. I love church. I love that song, Vicky. Um, where is she? You did so well. That's my favorite song. So that's why I was going, come on, Vic, you're singing my song. Because I just love the lyrics of that song. You know, those, that, the lyrics of that song, they speak intimacy. They speak about something that's real. They speak about something that is not religion or just church. The songs, that song speaks about someone who's looked into the eyes of Jesus. You know, the world's getting more real as we go on. You know, Phil was just talking about Thailand. It's getting more real, isn't it? It's getting so that we in the Western world probably can't ignore it so much anymore. And really what's happening as the world is getting more real is that the Lord is calling the church to be more real. And not just the church. When I say the church, the Lord is calling you to be more real. He's coming in and he's honing in past the stuff, past the fanfare. For years, we've done church trying to reach the world by doing fancy lights and fancy stuff and great music and good-looking people up there uh, that look like they've just walked out of a Vogue magazine. Do you know what I'm saying? They've got the right clothes. We've got everything down. It's all happening. And that was good, amen, for a season. But there comes a time when the church has got to get real again. And really, that might get the people in but it will not change their lives. Only a people who carry the very heart of God can change the heart of another human being. It's a heart-to-heart thing. It's not performance to people. It's heart-to-heart. Amen? I remember when I first found Jesus back in 1982. I was not looking for a formula. I was not looking for a fancy church. I was searching, my heart was searching for something real. My heart was searching for something that could touch me in here. My heart had been locked away and trapped inside pain, disappointment, discouragement, and I had been let down by human beings, and I was searching for a love that went beyond any love that I had ever found before. I wanted something real. (laughs) And I remember being in this hotel room crying out, God, if you're real, if you're real, I don't even believe in God, have no knowledge, but if you're real, show yourself to me. And I won't go into the full details of my testimony. It's powerful, amazing, God It astounds me to this day, all these years later, that it's so real to me that it makes me cry if I talk about it now. Because when you have come into an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, you are never, ever the same. And you go from glory to glory to glory to glory. When you find something real, it grows and lives inside of you and it never stops because it's real. It's not a belief system. It's not a philosophy. It's a divine exchange, as Phil spoke about this morning. And Jesus Christ appeared to me in a hotel room in Singapore himself. And I looked into the eyes of this man, white hair, white beard, 
eyes like the ocean that just went forever and a smile that made me feel like I was the most important person in the world. A smile that told me it didn't matter what I had done, where I had been or who I had been with, that Jesus Christ loved me. And he had no judgment, no condemnation. This was the real thing. And I looked into the eyes of this man who I thought I did not know. And he said, speak my name and you will be saved. And I'm thinking, I don't know your name. And then from deep down inside of me, something real began to touch the real in him. And I said, Jesus. And as I said that name, rivers of living water, as the Bible said, began to come forth from me. And I was delivered and set free and healed and transformed in a moment in time. And as I looked into those eyes and he looked into mine, we found each other. And he found my heart. And I gave him my heart. And he has never let it go since. See, it's real. And God is looking throughout the earth, not for another fancy church, not for good-looking people, not for talented people. God is looking for people with a heart after God's own heart. Amen. Let's open the scriptures and have a look. And I want to quickly take you the greatest person that I know that we can have a look at in scriptures as an analogy for this is David. Amen. King David. And if we look in 1 Samuel 13, 14, it says this. Let's have a look at it. I just want to read this one part. But now the king wrote, the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. I just want that middle part there. We're going to look at that. The Lord has, can we get the NIV version? Why? What's going on? Because oh, it's going to be all mixed up. So we just, we won't go there. I'm just going to read it out to you because it's going to be different. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader over his people. Do you know right now, God is looking throughout the earth for a people who are after his own heart. And then what he wants to do is he wants to appoint them over his people. Do you know that his, who his people are? Who are his people right now? Every human being on this planet are God's people. And they're lost. And they're lost. Amen. And they are looking for something real. They're looking for someone who has had an experience, whose heart has been open. They're looking for someone who has a heart after God's own heart, not just some formula or philosophy. But they want someone with God's own heart. Amen. And so the Lord's seeking people. Many people, not just one, not just a king, but people of all ages who will represent him and his heart. And what I love about this is that when this was happening, 
when Samuel was saying this to Saul, Saul was the king at the time, and Samuel had come to him and said, your kingdom, your reign is over because God is, has sought a man after his own heart and he's going to appoint him as king in your place because you blew it. Amen. That's what the story is about. And when this is said at that time, David had no idea. He's just a young boy out on the hills of Judea, having no idea whatsoever that almighty God is sitting in heaven and he's zoned in on him. Do you know there's many times in your life where you wouldn't even realize that God is watching you and not from a distance. Amen. And he's zoning in on your life and he's seeing, he's looking to see if you have a heart that is a heart that is after God's own heart. And I'm looking here right now and I'm seeing faces, expressions right now that you are a people with a heart after God's own heart. I'm seeing the gift of God begin to rise up inside you even as I speak. I'm seeing it say, that's me. Count me in God. Look at me. And he is looking right now. And he's looking for a people after his own heart. And David had no idea. David was a nobody. He was not popular. He'd been sent out to look after sheep. And he was in solitude, alone, going through various testings of God, not even knowing that he was being tested by Almighty God. How many of you felt like that at times? Just out there in the back paddocks of life, no one can see me, no one notices me, no one knows my name. And yet God Almighty sees you. And he's testing you in those quiet, solitude places, in the things that you go through that no one knows you're going through. God is watching and he's seeing. How will you come through this? Will you be a person after God's own heart? Will you be one that would represent the king on the earth to be like Jesus? David didn't even know that God was calling him. And yet here Samuel is already proclaiming it, seeking him, looking for him. Before God even called you, he knew you by name and he knew he had a purpose. It was written in his book. It's already there. All you've got to do is listen. And sometimes we just got to choose to listen to the voice of God. Our lives are so busy. I preached a sermon a little while ago saying, be still and know that I am God. You need to get that sermon and listen to it because our lives are so busy and filled up that we forget to stop and God is trying to speak and you know what can you imagine if David had not stopped and listened that history would have been rewritten he was the very bloodline of the Messiah what would have happened if he wasn't in alignment with the will of God and you think oh well that's David I'm not important David was not important either He was a nobody when God chose him. Amen. It's up to us to choose. Otherwise, what God intended for our lives may never, ever come to pass. And you may think you're in sin, you're a nobody, but I'm telling you what you have to do is so important. Because if it's for one soul, let me say this, if it's for one soul, if all you ever do your whole life is speak to one soul, 
then your life is significant in heaven, significant enough for all the angels in heaven to rejoice. Amen. It's time for us to get a right perspective about this stuff. The hero stuff, the one-man show, the, the let's worship the preacher stuff, it's over. It's about us now. It's about the body of Christ being like God. Amen. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I've got so much to say and so much inside. I don't know where to start, but I'm, praise God. I just feel like crying. I just feel like standing here crying because God's so serious about this. He's just so in love with his people and he's so in love with people and, and he wants to reach them so much and he so much wants his church to be mobilized, to know who they are, to go out and just do the stuff and do it real and stop playing around, trying to be heroes. Just be like Jesus. Amen. It's not about living life, just living life, just doing our Western culture, just getting by, just living our day-to-day lives and selfishness. But it's about listening to the heart of God and being a people that are faithful to God's heart so that we can be a people that are people after God's own heart. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, we see there's a story here where God's just beginning to now outwork the calling for David's life. And he's gone and he sent Samuel to go to David's father, Jesse, and to line up his sons so that we can choose which one of them is going to be the one. And he lines up all these sons and he lines them before. And and there's this statement here where Samuel stands before these sons and he sees Eliab. And Eliab is just striking and he's just everything you would think. And and he makes this statement. He says, surely the Lord's anointing will be upon him because he just saw him and he saw what he looked like on the outside. How many of us see on the outside and think, surely that person is anointed? But God doesn't look like that because we say this. It says this in the scripture. You know, it says here, I'll go down. It says, Verse 7, and the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord, now this is important, for the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. That means this, when God made that statement, he gave us a level playing field for all people. God was actually saying, I don't care if you're good looking I don't care if you're talented. It makes no difference to me. I don't care how big you are, small you are, fat you are, skinny you are. It doesn't matter how educated you are. It doesn't really matter if you're a great communicator or you're not a great communicator, how much scripture you know. It doesn't matter how much Bible college you've done. It really doesn't matter to me. There's a level playing field here. I just want your heart. That's all I want. You can clap. Amen. It has everything to do with this thing called the heart. Without the heart, we absolutely fail. We can have all the stuff, but if we don't have the heart, 
we fail. God looks at something that is within us, not on the outside of us. Amen. Who we call talented, who we call anointed is not what God calls. He looks at the little person inside their house that no one ever sees, who's on their knees praying and crying out to God. And he esteems that person far above the ones that are given esteem from everybody else. Amen. Because God does things differently to us. There's three things in scripture that I just want to point out here tonight quickly that God seeks in a man or a woman and when he sees them in a man or a woman he sees the potential for that man or woman to actually change the world who wants to be a world changer right now why are the young people not putting their hands up because this is not a youth thing who wants to be a world changer oh no who wants to be a world I'll do a Vicky Hi, SG Youth. Who wants to be a world changer? Does that work? Okay, there's three things. Number one, number one, the first thing that God looks for is whether a man or woman is spiritual. Now, straight away when I say spiritual, things start stirring up in you. Oh, I've got to read my Bible more. I've got to pray more. I've got to fast more. I've got to, you know, I've got to do all this stuff. That's spiritual. But I want to say this. Listen to me. This is what spiritual is. Not carnal. Not in the world. Not wanting to please the world. Not wanting attention from man. But just being real with God. We think that spiritual is tongues and gifts. We think that we're more spiritual if we can lay hands on the sick and, and all that stuff. That's, the, that's just the fruit of a spiritual person, but it is not a spiritual person. We can, you know, Jesus said, you know, he said this, he said, well, well, we, depart from me, I never knew you. He said, but we've laid hands on the sick, we've, we've done the stuff. And he goes, yeah, depart from me, I never knew you. Your heart was never one with mine. You never opened up your heart to me. You were never real with me. You did the stuff, but it was all for show. You did it to impress everybody else. But God's looking for a people that will just be spiritual in a real way. Amen. When something comes out of the heart, that's spiritual. We need to hear, not with our carnal ears, but with our heart and hear what God wants to do and then we begin to manifest the very heartbeat of God that's spiritual when you get the burden of God and the love of God inside of you you can't help but be spiritual because God's heartbeat will pound from your chest God's tears will flow from your eyes God's pain will be in your gut and God's love will be in everything you do in your life that's spiritual. And you may never get applause for it. You may never be recognized for it. But when you stand before God on that last day, he's going to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. You are a man or a woman after God's own heart. Enter into eternity and bring all the ones with you that you've affected because you are real. Amen. <laughs> Look. You know, we can stand up here, we can teach the word of God. Okay. But how shallow would that be if we teach you the word of God, but never teach you the heartbeat of God behind the word? 
because it's living and active and it's real. Amen. This word has to live. It has to have a heartbeat to it. Otherwise, it's just shallow and dry. Because when we hear the heart of God, we understand his character. We understand his attributes. We understand the very reason why he says the things that he says and he does the things that he does. It's spiritual because it's all based in love. Sometimes we see our failures, our unanswered prayers, the struggles that we go through. We get disappointed because we think that we're not spiritual. You know, we're sick. We're crying out to God. I've been in places like that myself. I'm not getting healed. What's going on, God? Have I missed something? I remember years ago I was really sick and someone said I had sin in my life. So I went and dug up everything I could think of. I just was repented for things I didn't even do just in case. And you know what I'm saying? I was on every altar wailing, thinking I've got to get right with God. Do you know that? And I thought that was, that was spiritual. But you know what? Sometimes we go through stuff like that because God is forming his own character and his own attributes in our lives. He never promised that it would be easy. But if we can walk through it, allowing God to build a heart after God's own heart within us, then we have something really spiritual to give away. Because in that pain, you can give to someone who's in pain. And you learn the heartbeat of God through your struggles. Just because your prayers aren't answered or things aren't happening does not mean you are not spiritual. I've seen the most spiritual people not get their own prayers answered. Bill Johnson's son in the States, they have thousands of kids praying for the sick and seeing them healed. Miracles everywhere. And Bill Johnson's son, I think he's about your age, Luke. Everywhere he goes, deaf ears are opened. This guy carries an anointing for deaf ears. He can stand up and he can, and he can pray and every deaf ear will be opened in that place. But he is stone deaf himself. <laughs> but he's spiritual. And he carries an anointing that people don't understand. But he chooses, to, he chooses to love God and hear the heartbeat of God, no matter what. Just put that little, can you put that picture up, Brett? I, I just love this. This is a painting done by Rick Berry, a prophetic artist. I have it in my Bible, a little picture of it in my Bible. One day, Phil's going to afford to buy it for me. Hint, hint. It's nearly Christmas. Um, but he's a prophetic artist, and this picture is called When You've Been Broken. And I don't know about you, but there's many times where I've been in these places and I've thought they're places where I've failed or places where I've, you know, where, where, where I, you know, God's not going to use me anymore or whatever. But when you've been broken, it's the place of greatest spirituality because it's when you just give up and let God. Amen. Someone said, thank you. For, you can leave that up there. It's beautiful. Someone said, I heard what someone say once, you have to read between the lines. But I would say you have to feel between the lines. You know, we think we know what's going on with God, but we just can't work it out. You've got to feel what's happening. You've got to stop your natural thinking, stop trying to work it out, and just feel your way through and know that God is creating spiritual beings 
who will follow his own heartbeat no matter what and let that be formed in our lives. Sometimes we, become, we, become, we allow our hearts to become so calloused in life. You remember when you first started out? I mean, those of you being Christian a long time, little time, whatever time, and you first started out, you had all this passion. You know, one of the, she's not here right now, Carolyn, she's just finished our um, Christian Essentials course. And Katrina was teaching on laying hands on the sick. And, and of course, Carolyn says, oh, it's really weird. You know, whenever the pastors are praying for people that are sick, I get heat in my hands. What do you think that is? And Katrina says, well, that could be the gift of healing. And you know, maybe you need to lay hands on people. She said, well, how do I do that? Will the pastor teach me or how, how I, and I, she says, no, you just relax. God will make way for the gift. That was on Thursday night. On Sunday, I was here standing on the altar and there were, we were asking people to pray for the sick and we were praying for the sick. And the Lord said to me, get Carolyn and get her to lay hands on that person because she has an anointing for that person. So I went up and said, Carolyn, I want you, I'm going to teach you how to pray. And you just lay hands on, I think it was um, Crystal running, lay hands on Crystal and just release the anointing. And, she, and she's going, oh, oh, and she was just so excited with this hot hand. Where to put it? And I didn't know. Katrina had not told me. But God made way because she was passionate and it was new and it was fresh and it was just so wonderful and we're just so excited and everything. And she just was crying at the end. She said, Katrina, did you tell Pastor Julie about my gift? She said, no, I didn't tell her. That's the Holy Spirit making way for the gift. But she's so excited about it because it's so fresh and so new. But we get so calloused in our hearts when we don't see people heal, when we don't see things happen, we don't see it the way that we want it to go. Our hearts become calloused and we just, we, we just forget how to love. We forget that it's just a matter of keep reaching out, keep loving. Amen. And stay excited about the small things. Stop looking for the big miracles. You know, maybe you won't see a cancer healed. or Maybe you won't see, you know, thousands of souls on an altar call. But get excited about witnessing to one. Get excited about praying for a big toe when it stops hurting. Get excited about stuff, amen, about the small things because God loves that stuff, amen. 2 Chronicles 16.9, just have a look at that scripture. You can put that one up for me. Thanks. Saves me turning there. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to show himself strong for those whose hearts are completely his. I just might read it in this, uh, uh, this, it just says it different. Can you find two chronicles for me, Phil? Just find it in your Bible. What does it say? What does it say in the NIV? For the lies of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, see, I want that. Yeah, I want that. that. Oh, my gosh. For the... I've got giant print. He's got mouse print. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those hearts who are fully committed to him. Amen. He roams throughout the earth looking for hearts that are committed to him. He's looking for a heart that will just be committed to him. Amen. You know, how how do you get this stuff back? Look into the eyes of one broken person. And allow the love of Jesus to get back on you again. No matter how many times you've, you've been disappointed, no matter how many times your heart's been calloused, 
get with a broken person and look into their eyes and let the love of God well up inside you for that person and it'll break you and your heart will get soft again. Amen. What could be more spiritual than someone that moves with God's own heart? That's true spirituality. Number two, humility. We said, number one, God's looking for people that will move with spirituality. Number two, humility. Now, I'm not talking about false humility. You know, sometimes people will get up and say, oh, that's all right, don't clap me, it was all God. It's all God. Okay, you can clap me a little. Right. You know, not false humility. What is real humility? Humility is total dependency on God. It's when you go to minister or you go to do something for God and you are completely dependent on him. You know that you can't do it in your own strength. You know that, that there's nothing you can do outside of God. That, and God will get you to those places. He'll get you to those places so he can find the humility inside of you and the dependency inside of you. Amen. When you're so dependent on God that you know you can't take a step without him, that's when God will use you the most. Amen. When you've got to, you've got to pray and you've got to seek God and you've got to say, God, you know in my own strength I can't do this. And this is good. Now we can get something done. But when you walk around going, oh, God, I can do this. Oh, I got it wired. Follow me, God. I'll show you how to do it. <laughs> you know, and God just, just bypass. You know, let me find someone with someone with a heart after my own heart, someone who has humility, someone who comes in humility. He is the great I am. He is sending us. He is my life. He is my breath. He is my everything. And when you say that, he breathes through you. He brings life through you. Amen. God saw this in David in Psalm 78, verse 70. He said this, I chose David, my servant. When you have servants, the people will see the master. When the people try to be the master, the people, when, when, when the leaders or the people that are witnessing try to be the master, people can't see him. But when you come as a servant, when you come with true humility, they won't even remember who you are or your face, but they remember the master. They remember that Jesus touched them. They don't walk away and go, wasn't that great? You know, Craig, he prayed for me and I got healed. All praise go to Craig. No, they walk away. They just go, who was that guy? You know, the guy in the blue T-shirt? Yeah, he prayed for me, but Jesus came. The master touched me. Amen. Humility. Psalm eighty-nine, nineteen. I found my servant David. And I want to say this. Will God find a servant heart when he comes looking in your heart? Will he find a servant? Will he find humility? It says this. God wants to be established through your hand in that psalm, and then he will strengthen your hand. When he's established inside of you and you come in humility, he will strengthen you and he'll strengthen your hand. Read Psalm 89, verse 19. It'll tell you that. Number three, last one. Number three is integrity. You know, integrity, the simplest version I can give you for integrity or, or, or the explanation for integrity is this. Just, it's just doing what's right. Integrity is doing what's right. Amen. 
The problem is, and as Phil said this morning in our background, he said it tonight too, that we knew what to do, what was right, and we took everything that we did what was right before the fall of man based on who God was and what God told us to do before the fall. God was with us and, and he just, everything was based on who God was. So we knew how to make right choices. But then in the fall of man, suddenly things changed and we began to make decisions not on what, not on what God was or who God, what God said, but what on, on what we think is good and what we think is evil. And we started to define this for ourselves. We ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We started to make decisions according to what we think is good, what we think is evil. But for us to be people of integrity, we have come back to a place where we only do what God says is right. And we have to do that according to his words. Whether it works with your feelings your intellect, whether it's okay with you, whether you like it, whether it makes sense, uh, whether it's contrary to what you're desiring, it's still integrally God. And we have to lay down what we think is right and wrong and stop analysing everything God does. I just had a friend just a few weeks ago, lost her daughter to leukaemia. She was 17 years old. And she's, she's a pastor, this lady. Husband, her and her husband are pastors. They lost their daughter, 17 years old, to leukemia. In my own mind, from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, I can't work that out. I wrestle with that. I wrestle with a good God that lets that happen. I wrestle with all that stuff like you guys do. But when I go to God and I say, God, what do you say? Oh. She's fine. She's here. She's with me. You think here. I think here. I think forever. I think eternal. She's with me. She's right now in my presence. She's not suffering anymore. She's been healed. She's here. I chose that way. Don't question me. See, we have to be integral and we have to be willing to let God be God. Amen. We have to be spiritual, humble, and integral. And God is looking for those three things. He's looking throughout the earth. Psalm 78, 72 says this, David also shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart. There's an integrity, there's a humility, there's a spirituality. We need to be people after God's own heart. The world is looking, and it's in our, it's in our values for this church, authenticity. The world is looking for authentic people. And Phil was speaking this morning about a burning bush experience. You know what? If you can get into the presence of God, if you can get in and open your heart up to God again, let him heal your calloused hearts. Let him come and wash afresh. Take away all the stuff that you think is church and be real again. Then you would be people with a heart after God's own heart and you would go out and you would be a representation of the true and the living God and the love of God in you will change the world and you may never be a celebrity you may never be the who's who in the charismatic zoo but God will see you amen let's stand to our feet Father we thank you right now
that God, you know our hearts and that our hearts so long to be hearts that are after your own heart. Jesus, reveal yourself to us. Take everything that we are and everything that you're teaching us and reveal the Father's heart through us to a lost and dying world. Lord, take the cry of our heart that we want to serve you, that we want to love you, that we want to be humble, spiritual, integral people who bring the reality of the kingdom of God to the world. Just lift your hands, both hands up right now if you feel that's what God's saying to you. Just lift them right up. God, touch these ones that are identifying with you. Raise your church, God. Jesus, reveal your heart. Holy Spirit, come and empower us to be real when the times demand for reality. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.